Tom Borelli is a PhD molecular biologist turned political activist and a Newsmax contributor. Deneen Borelli is the author of Blacklash and a Fox News contributor. They're the Borellis, exposing government corruption and championing freedom, giving you the truth in black and white. This is Reigniting Liberty. Hey folks, thanks for checking out Reigniting Liberty with Deneen Borelli and Dr. Tom Borelli, bringing you the truth in black and white. So today we have a, a wonderful guest on the show. Her name is Jessica Vaughn. Jessica is the Director of Policy Studies for the Center for Immigration Studies. Jessica, thanks so much for joining us today and welcome. Thank you. I'm glad to be with you. Yes, Jessica uh, returned actually a phone call I had to, to their organization. So this is in response to, uh, you know, no good turn goes unpunished. Uh, she gave me such a great uh, answer to my question. We decided to have her on air to do a real deep dive into the illegal immigration issue that's challenging our country. Yes, definitely. Well, the number of illegal migrants crossing our southern border is just staggering. And what we want to do, Jessica, is just start off, first of, all, first of all, with some definitions, because we need the clarification. And I am sure the listeners and the viewers could use the clarification as well, because every, words are just thrown out there on a regular basis. Uh, so regarding reports from the Border Patrol and the news, we've seen words like uh, encounters and apprehensions. Uh, are they the same thing? If you could just elaborate, please. Sure, sure. Um, it is confusing or can be at times. Um, uh, apprehension was the term that the Border Patrol used to use to mean um, someone that they arrested who was caught in the act of crossing the border illegally. The Biden administration has changed that term to encounters. And you know, I, I think it actually is a little bit more appropriate. I think the Biden administration, administration wanted kind of a kinder, gentler word for apprehension, but it fits because they are not um, dealing with these illegal border crossers as if they've done something illegal. Um, they do not want to arrest them or keep them in custody. In most cases, they are encountering them and then what they call processing them and releasing them, which, which is not what Congress intended when it wrote our immigration laws, but that is what they are doing. So it, And it's important to remember that um, the smugglers and the migrants themselves know that this is what is likely going to happen. So they are not in most cases running from the border patrol either. They are seeking out the border patrol in order to be encountered and um, sent on their way uh, with the understanding that they'll be allowed to stay here pretty much indefinitely, even though they crossed illegally. Whereas there are some so-called gotaways, people who don't wanna be caught by the border patrol. They're the ones who are sneaking across. Um, they call them runners sometimes. Um, they do not want to be caught by the Border Patrol because they know that they probably will be sent back if they are caught because they've been deported before or they have a criminal record or they're doing something illegal or that's a threat to public safety. So those are what we call the gotaways or the runners. So the question I have, and it, I guess it's been going on you know, for a while, 
Um, and it seems different this time under the Biden administration, but when an individual crosses the border, not at a specific site, but sneaks over the border, uh, at that point, what happens to them? Does it, is it different when it's a child, a family, or a single male? If you could explain what actually happens when they get encountered, so to speak, in the new politically correct way. Sounds kind of new age, doesn't it? Right. <laughs> the encounter. <New> <laughs> Uh, you're right. Uh, a number of different things can happen, and it depends on um, the situation of the person, their citizenship sometimes, or um, in today, it, it depends largely on um, the Biden administration's policies. So in general, um, if someone, most of the illegal border crossers who are coming now um, are coming from, well, actually it's not true anymore that most are from Mexico. Only about 40% are from Mexico, um, another large number from Central America, and about 40% from the rest of the world. So if they are, uh, to nowadays, as of today, the policy is that if they are a single adult, the chances are that they will be expelled under something called Title 42, which is a public health provision implemented in March 2020 at the start of the pandemic um, that uh, the president has the authority to do um, to block people from entering because of public health concerns or the, or the, um, the concern that these crossers would be a threat somehow to public safety and particularly COVID in this case. So uh, this, most of the single adults now are being turned back by the Border Patrol, expelled under Title 42. M about half of them, the rest pretty much, are being allowed to enter under a couple of different scenarios. They are either um, uh, allowed to have something called parole, which is being, um, we know that you're, you've come illegally and you don't have documents, but we're going to let you enter anyway. Um, and, and some of them, they are issuing what's called a notice to report, which means that they're told to go to the ICE office nearest to their destination within the United States. And from there, ICE will decide what to do with them. And in most cases, they are um, given a court date years in the future, or they're simply told that they uh, will not be prosecuted for illegal entry. Um, some people are held in custody. If there's someone who um, that's wanted for a crime in the United States, in, in, in a state somewhere where there's a warrant out for their arrest, and you'd be surprised how often that happens, um, they, they will be held in custody by the Border Patrol and then turned over to that law enforcement agency. There are a few, if they've been uh, caught and deported numerous times before, sometimes the government will choose to prosecute them uh, and they will do time in federal prison for illegal reentry after deportation. But um, right now, half are being expelled roughly and almost half are being allowed to um, go to their final destination and, and live here um, without quite legal status, but without any fear that, that the law, that they will be subject to enforcement either, at, this, at least under the Biden administration policies. Any so, idea so on I, the number? Oh, sorry, go ahead, Tom. 
so as a follow-up, so that goes for the just single males, so to speak, or does that go for the children and the so-called families as well? Well, and sometimes, depending on someone's country of citizenship, they may be um, allowed in even if they are a single adult. For example, now if they're Ukrainian, um, they are being allowed to enter the country because of the war in Ukraine. And if they are from Cuba, in most cases, they will be allowed to enter even if they're single adults because um, we have a special policy for Cubans that enables them to apply for asylum. They're sort of assumed to be oppressed and persecuted, even if they've been living in other countries. Um, so we will let them come in um, without being detained or charged with any immigration offense. But generally, most of the single adults are being sent back home pretty quickly. Any but idea? so many are coming okay. with families that it is a large, large number, uh, 100,000 in the month of March, who are being released into the country. So families are allowed to stay. Yes, yes. Any idea? So about families, any idea on the number of children that are uh, posing as family members, but in reality, uh, they've just been swept up under people, under strangers that they don't even know. Uh, is any of that data available? That's a really good question. Um, this is something that has happened because people know that if they come with a child, they're not going to be expelled. They're not going to be detained. They're going to be allowed to go on their way. There's a pretty thriving trade in rented children and uh, what the uh, Border Patrol calls fake families. Um, they have caught some children with different adults multiple times. Um, the smuggler is basically using that child as a deportation shield for their clients. We don't always catch them. And so there have been some um, trafficking situations and sex abuse situations that have showed up much later once they get to their uh, destination community and time goes on and local authorities will figure out that this child is being abused and um, in a horrific situation sometimes. And that's because the border patrol did not detect that they were not truly um, parent and child. And we see a lot of parents who are in this country living already illegally are paying smugglers to bring their children from their home country to cross unaccompanied because they have a special provision in immigration law for them where they are turned over to the um, Agency of Health and Human Services and will be placed with their family um, without any questions asked. Uh, and uh, you know that's a great deal for the for the parents who are here illegally. It's it's kind of almost like a human a, 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 um, a family reunification program that is carried out by the U.S. government in um, cooperation with the smugglers. So um, you know, coming with a child is really the golden. Uh, so I know there's. Uh, we don't really know all of the numbers because a lot of these individuals, they get away or they go to the deportation, the ICE centers. Uh, you had mentioned earlier that they get these court dates that are like far out into the future. Uh, what's even the point? I mean, I'm sure in most cases they don't even go to court. 
uh, or they don't go to these detention centers. They just go on their merry way and just disappear into the country. That's right. That's right. And and it is a significant problem because of the numbers. Um, I mentioned the unaccompanied kids. There were about 50,000 of them um, coming in um, a month in recent months. Um, and and uh, probably about another 50,000 who are coming in as part of a family unit. So, and they're spreading out over the country, although one fourth of them are going to Texas and Florida. So um, they are told to uh, appear in court at some date in the future. Um, they are offered legal assistance, what they call legal orientation and a lot of other services, um, counseling and help in registering for school and they're signed up for social services and public assistance and um, helped with housing and so on. The, uh, we as taxpayers are funding this um, and there are NGO contractors who are actually being paid to do this to facilitate the resettlement of these illegal migrants. Um, what we know from experience is that only about half of them will actually file an asylum application or some other kind of application that would um, allow them to ask a judge for permission to stay. So they're not even here, you know, to, to even play along with our system to a large extent. They're happy to get into a community and um, get a fake ID to, to work, to get a job, and they can, they can avoid scrutiny with the false identification packages. Often they will buy the identity of a US citizen from an identity theft ring that specializes in stealing this information from Americans and give the information to the illegal aliens so that they can uh, work illegally and um, sign up for social services in a different name and try to stay under the radar of authorities. So that's at least half of them. The other half will continue to work with these NGOs and they will be given a court date within a few months and they'll show up at that first court date and invariably the immigration judge will say, do you have a lawyer? And um, we wanna give your lawyer six more months to make your case, come back in six months and then they go back in six months. And at that time, they're able to apply for a work permit to work legally. And the judge will say, well, okay, um, I will process your application for asylum and come back in another six months. And, and many of them will not show up for that hearing. And if they do, and then the judge determines as, you know, like most of them have no basis for staying here, they're not persecuted, they're not refugees, they're simply here um, to try to have a better life, the judge will find in 90% of these cases that they have no claim for asylum. And the, the judge will say, okay, now show up in 30 days or 60 days at your local ICE office so that you can be deported. Well, how many of them do you think ever show up for that? Almost none of them. Right. Um, so it it's really it's it's really alarming that this legal process, this very generous due process that we're offering these individuals, is completely ignored. Um, ICE is not enforcing the removal orders of judges. I can't think of any other type of court where a judge's orders would not be enforced at all. They're just let lie there. 
Um, so nothing is likely to happen to them. But again, that's why they're coming. They know the system better than Americans do. And they know that nothing's going to happen to them. Even if they're ordered removed, they're not going to be subject to enforcement. So they figure, well, why not? I'll live here as long as I can and get away with it. Um, 30% of the adults who come have a, a child in the United States within the first couple of years, believing that if they have a U.S. citizen child, that they will be exempt for de from deportation. Now, that's not the law, but that is the policy of the Biden administration. So that, too, it can be a deportation shield, and, and that unlocks access funded welfare benefits, having a U.S. citizen in the family. So th they know how to game our system for sure. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. It seems like uh, they, they really are gaming the system and they got this whole scheme of claiming asylum. And then if asylum doesn't work, well, then they don't show up for the court date. So uh, they really have a, uh, a really free ride. There's no real big downside risk, especially these days. Right. It's, it's dangerous to um, travel uh, with a, a criminal smuggling organization and, you know, they're vulnerable until they get to our border. And, and many people are assaulted and abused uh, or extorted. Um, and the, the act of crossing illegally can be dangerous if they're um, if they are doing it at night, if they cross in a dangerous part of the river. There are a lot of deaths that occur, far too many. Um, but many of them aren't thinking about that. They're thinking about just getting to the United States and being allowed to join friends and family who have done this before. If you could just uh, talk to us about the remain in Mexico policy. I know this was started under President Trump. Uh, where is it now? And how is it working then versus now? Sure. Yes. The, the so-called remain in Mexico policy, it was officially called the migrant protection protocols, uh, was developed by the Trump administration to try to break this cycle of people paying smugglers to get here and then being caught and released and, and never seen again. So what they said was um, that people were free to apply for asylum and their asylum applications would be considered but they were going to have to wait in Mexico before, uh, you know, rather than coming over to the United States. Um, and Mexico agreed to this and in some cases provided them with work permits or even refugee status or asylum. Um, and there were about 70 some thousand people who agreed to do this. Um, and it, you know, it, it made sense because it ended the catch and release system and those cases that might have had more of a genuine chance for asylum could be heard and then they could be let into the United States. But it um, really almost eliminated a lot of frivolous applications that were happening of people who just showed up at the border, said, I fear return, I want to apply for asylum, and then would never follow through because they were simply here to work. So it, it really broke that cycle. Um, it, it, um, it, a lot of them after their first hearing ended up going back home, um, and deciding that they probably weren't going to succeed. I mean, you know, 
migrants are rational people. They're going to make choices based on, you know, a cost benefit analysis that they do, you know, to see if something's worth it or not to stick around and go through the U.S. system. They're going to do it if they think they're going to be rewarded. And when the rewards, you know, only come to a few, they're going to make the decision that it, it was, you know, not a good thing to do to come to northern Mexico and sit there and wait for something that they're not going to get. So they simply head home. And and that's really the best decision for them uh, is to go home and get on with their lives in their home country rather than um, trying to uh, game our system. And they don't have status. The Biden administration cannot give them legal status at this point. Um, so they really aren't on a path to a green card. So there's not, you know, and a future administration could possibly remove them. And that may happen. But, um, you know, that's if, if they're not let once people get into the country, it's almost game over for the U.S. government. It becomes very difficult to track people down and actually remove them. So listening to you uh, discuss this issue, it, it appears it wants to compare and contrast uh, former President Trump's policies with President Biden's policies. Obviously, uh, remain in Mexico uh, gives the incentive to not come under President Trump because you have to stay in Mexico. With Biden, they're not really enforcing that. And that also brings me to the other follow-up question with Title 42. Uh, you know, it's great concern that the CDC, I guess it's going to be eliminated at the end of May, that that will result in even more uh, illegals entering uh, the country. So just from a big picture view, compare and contrast uh, what President Trump did on his policies versus what President Biden's doing. And does that equal why there's so many more uh, illegal migrants uh, running around our country? There is no question, no doubt whatsoever, that the increase in people coming to this country illegally is entirely due to the Biden administration's policies um, because word has gotten out around the globe that if you can just get to the United States, in all likelihood, you're going to be allowed to stay. Um, and, you know, even if you're, you know, some of the single adults who are being expelled under Title 42 probably are hooked up with family members who were allowed into the country and they're hoping that eventually they'll get back in illegally to try to join them. Um, it, but, you know, illegal immigration is not a force of nature. If our policies um, do not reward people for coming here and trying to cross illegally, they will not come. We found that with the Remain in Mexico policy that the numbers of people trying to cross illegally went down dramatically from something like, um, well, it was from something like, a bit, I think about 900,000 in a year, way down to I think it was about 400,000. It probably cut the number in half. Um, what we've seen under the Biden administration has been the opposite. Uh, the numbers of illegal crossers have been growing and growing and growing to the point where in March, we had the highest number in 22 years with 200,000 people in one month encountered by the border patrol. And 40% and of them from or what we call long haul migrants from who not from Mexico, not from Central America, makes it clear that the word is out all over the world that you know now is the time to come. So Biden is talking about relaxing things even more 
by suspending the Title 42 expulsion authority and saying pretty much that he's going to process everyone um, and allow them to enter to make an asylum claim if they say that they fear return. And that's why there are, we're getting intelligence, our government is getting intelligence that there are large groups of people now moving through Central America and Mexico to try to get ready to cross as soon as Title 42 is relaxed. Uh, and in fact, um, it has been relaxed already, according to some Border Patrol agents, in certain spots along the border. And you can bet that the smugglers know that, and that's where they're sending people. That's why we're starting to see it explode already, even before it has been um, uh, suspended. So would it be safe to say uh, Title 42 is the only uh, real disincentive now for someone not to try to cross? And once that removed... Yeah it's going to be just a total open field. There's really no downside risk once they get into the United States. That's what the migrants are betting on. And indeed, even the Department of Homeland Security's internal intelligence reports are predicting that when Title 42 is lifted, the number of illegal crossings will at least triple. And that's what they're preparing for. They're not preparing to try to stop it. They're preparing to manage it by gathering people near the border and processing them to be released into the countries. ICE is literally getting ready to transport what they expect to be another 600,000 illegal arrivals and disperse them around the country between now and the end of September. And this is not necessary. I mean, in truth, our immigration law, Title VIII, gives the federal government the authority to remove these people under immigration laws. Anyone who crosses illegally is supposed to be detained and removed. Um, and if not, we can, they can use something like remain in Mexico, but they're choosing to ignore the law, what the law tells them to do and instead operate under this um, really fake assumption that all of these people can make a legitimate claim for asylum and safe haven here when we know from experience that most of them cannot. I mean, these numbers charade, are staggering. Really. Yeah, no, uh, these numbers are just absolutely stunning. And uh, our Border Patrol, they are already exhausted. They are spent. They are, there's no morale. Uh, a lot of them are leaving their jobs because it's it's become more dangerous. Uh, you just mentioned the Title 42. If that goes away, we're going to have even more illegal migrants flood into the country. Have you communicated with any Border Patrol agents or is there anything that you can comment about that on? I do keep in touch with sources in the Border Patrol and they are demoralized and frustrated and really angry at this point because they, they know what could be done they did it for four years under the Trump administration and even under previous administrations to deter this. They see the exploitation and the, um, the horrific tragedies that occur um, if they aren't able to get to people in time to rescue them, when they see people who are trafficked, when they see children rented out to criminal smuggling organizations, they're horrified by this. It's not what they signed up to do. A lot of them are leaving. Um, they, they, they 
also understand the cost for American communities and um, the billions of dollars that U.S. taxpayers are going to be having to uh, spend to foot the bill for all of these new arrivals. And they see people in their community who are um, who are shunned from job opportunities because some employers would rather hire illegal workers. So they they know what's going on. They know it doesn't have to be this way. And they also understand the national security risks from the people that they aren't catching. And um, you know there have been at least 30 individuals who've been caught so far this year who were um, also showed up on the terror watch lists. What they worry about are the ones that got away that we don't know about because, and they know that they're out there and worry about what is going to be the result of this, um, this feckless policy. So you mentioned uh, the economic impact and I just want to follow up on, on that question because sometimes you hear that, uh, you know, the illegal migrants, illegal aliens, once they come in, they, they're able to get a social security card somehow and that they're paying social security taxes and other taxes. And the claim is, well, that's a, a net benefit to the U.S. citizens because these people then can draw on social security, uh, you know, when they're age appropriate. Uh, so what's the other side of the equation? What, what are the other costs that these uh, illegal hundreds of thousands, millions, however, are, are costing United States citizens? As it turns out, we know from research that about half of illegal workers are not paying anything in taxes because they're working completely off the books. Of the other half who may be working on the books, perhaps with illegal I identification, um, they might be paying some taxes, but usually their incomes are so low that it's not going to be much and it's going to be less than they receive in government services. And um, we also find that many of them are able to qualify for child tax credits and earned income tax credits and other programs in our government that enable them to avoid paying taxes. So, and, and it's certainly, uh, if, even if they do, does not cover what they receive in services, which mainly are in the form of public schools for children, Medicaid for children, um, uncompensated medical care because they don't have health insurance. Um, there's a cost for those that are end up in the criminal justice system. So there are a lot of costs. It's been estimated by the Heritage Foundation and others that these costs come to about $50 billion a year for taxpayers. Great. Wow. Well, that's great information. I, I did not know that. Thank you. Yeah, they're uh, sounds like they're treated better than our own veterans. <laughs> In some ways, they are because, you know, we have a limited supply of public housing and limited resources for Americans who need help. Yeah. Uh, and so to the extent that they are using resources that should be going to Americans, yes, they that that is unfair and denying others the opportunity, especially in the job market, because we don't have a shortage of unskilled labor, but that is what most of those who are coming in provide. So they, we, uh, uh, our scholars have detected wage depression that is felt mostly by those Americans who lack a higher education, uh, who um, need those jobs, even though um, they are, are not well paid. Um, and we're seeing low rates of labor force participation right now um, that during times of low immigration um, would be different. 
um, teens are having trouble getting jobs in some cases. They're often displaced by illegal workers as well. I was reading about the uh, U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement and Removal Operations Report. If you could just tell us about that. What's the status of this information under the Biden administration? Well, every year, ICE, the agency that's responsible for enforcing immigration laws in the interior of the country, puts out a report um, that details all of the work that they've done in during the year, how many people they've arrested, how many are detained, how many are removed, the criminal charges that they uh, had on them before they that caused them to get the attention of ICE. And um, under the Biden administration, the policies are that ICE is uh, very, very limited in who it can arrest for being here illegally. And they're limited to arresting only the most egregious criminals, the worst of the worst. And the problem is, is they are um, now deporting very, very few people. So about um, only about uh, 50 some thousand people rather than uh, a number that really should have been in the hundreds of thousands. Um, they estimate that there are approximately a million non-citizens who get arrested for crimes every year in this country, but they're only removing now, um, you know, less than 60,000, 50 some thousand. So um, this is basically giving a free pass to many who are committing crimes to so that small fraction of the illegal population that's uh, committing crimes in American communities. They're getting a pass to stay. And they know that this information, um, the Biden administration knows that this information would be um, concerning um, to Americans. And so they simply didn't put out their annual report that would have enabled the public to see just how few people are actually being uh, arrested and removed by ICE. And um, you know how many fewer criminals. We compared some preliminary information that they released and found that they're you know half of the number of people who commit crimes like murder and rape and assault are being removed from the country. And they didn't put out that report. And this report has been published for like the last decade. I was reading, which is yeah. astonishing because again, we're talking about the Biden administration. Uh, I had a question that I, I forgot to ask. Are the visuals that I've seen when we, I'm checking out the news, it's mostly men. I mean, is that the case that it's mostly men that are illegally crossing the boarding, border? Yes, it is. Um, most of the people crossing are men. There are also women and children coming over. Um, sometimes with the men, sometimes they separate, as I said, they, because um, the, anyone with a child will be allowed in and the men figure they can cross again later if they get sent back. And most of the children who are crossing, about 80% of them are teenagers. They're not babies or, you know, toddlers. Um, they're, they're coming at an older age. And again, their interest is in working also. Um, so this is this is not um, like a typical refugee situation. People are very strategic about how they are going about this. Well, uh, we've covered a lot of ground here uh, today. Is there anything that we haven't discussed that you think uh, our listeners and viewers need to know about? Um, we have covered the waterfront. I, I think that um, one thing we haven't talked a lot about is what 
um, state and local governments can do about this. And um, under our constitution, immigration policy is the responsibility of the federal government, but the costs of our failure to control the borders is borne by by state and local taxpayers because those services are typically funded with those dollars. Um, and there are some states that are starting to look for ways to push back against the Biden administration and, and demand some action. I think um, that we will be able to overcome this crisis. I think that the political pressure is growing on Biden to, um, to do a better job of enforcing the law and the courts may force him to do that as well. And he's starting to pay a political price for it. So I think we're going to get through it, but um, there's, there, this will be a big mess for immigration enforcement agencies and taxpayers to sort out probably for decades to come. Well, just well a quick this is follow- not a, okay, Tom. Just a quick follow-up on that. You mentioned states can do some things. Uh, from my perspective, uh, I don't see a lot of action other than, I guess, Go- Governor Greg Abbott of Texas just, you know, bust some people up to Washington, D.C. Uh, am I wrong to say a lot of these governors, at least Republicans, governors have been asleep at the switch and not doing enough? Well, um, some are doing more than others. Um, the things that govern, there are other things that Texas is doing that haven't gotten quite as much attention that do seem to be having an effect. One is that he essentially um, closed the border to truck traffic um, and by, do, by conducting um, very detailed inspections of the truckloads that were coming over in order to uh, get the governors of the Mexican states along the border to start doing a better job of keeping a lot of the illegal migrants from getting near the border. In other words, enforcing their own laws. So that just happened. I think that should help deter some of these crossings and prevent them. He's also um, building more um, barriers at the border. And Governor Ron DeSantis is doing some interesting things too. He is... um, investigating the charter buses and charter flights that are bringing illegal migrants into the state of Florida and basically making it very difficult for them to get permission to come in. And so that has really slowed down the flow of illegal migrants into Florida. He's also enforcing the laws against illegal hiring and um, trying to combat the human smuggling. And he's going after the NGOs that make money on Um, transporting all of the unaccompanied minors into different states. He's pretty much told Florida child welfare agencies that if they uh, contract with these NGOs, that they will lose their license to operate in Florida. So he's, he's playing hardball and it's, it's working. Well, we know this is not just a Southern border crisis because we live not too far from the Westchester County airport And we have the flights that are coming in in the dead of night and then they are loaded on buses and they are distributed who knows where uh, throughout the communities. So this is not a southern border crisis for sure. It is a in your backyard crisis. Indeed. Every county is a border county now. Yeah. Any websites or social media platforms you'd like to mention? Sure. Everything that we produce is on our website at cis.org. 
We have research reports. I have a colleague who reports from the border. We have podcasts and videos and uh, reports using government data um, on the whole waterfront of immigration issues. So um, I hope people will take advantage. We have government statistics and a data portal. This is uh, everything that um, people need to understand what's going on. Well, thank you for Fantastic. all you do. This was a very informative discussion. Jessica Vaughn, Director of Policy Studies for the Center for Immigration Studies. Thank you for joining us today. We appreciate it. Thank you. It was a good discussion. And folks, thanks for checking out Reigniting Liberty. And remember, everyone has a role to play. What are you doing for liberty? Until next time. This has been Reigniting Liberty with Tom and Deneen Borelli, the truth in black and white. For exclusive video footage of these interviews, be sure to follow Deneen Borelli on Clout Hub at Deneen Borelli. And also make sure to visit DeneenBorelli.com. Follow Tom Borelli on Twitter at Tom Borelli. And follow Deneen at Deneen Borelli. Subscribe wherever you listen and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Reigniting Liberty, the truth in black and white.